All right, guys, welcome to the first ever Coffee with Closers. Myself, David Dodge, Don Costa up here, Gavin Timms. Guys, I'm super excited to be doing this with you guys weekly live on YouTube and on Facebook and really just using this time to just kind of give back and help people that are struggling. I mean, I feel like I've created a power team with you two guys because we're doing different stuff in real estate, you know, but we're also doing a lot of the same stuff. So we all have different perspectives mm -hmm. on what we're doing, guys. And of course, if you have a coffee, Don, I know it's super early out there. Good morning to you, my man. Yep, good good morning. morning. So I'm gonna kick things off, guys. I already walked three miles this morning, went to a closing, small little wholesale, made about eight grand, nothing to write home about. Uh, but I am hitting the ground running today. And I know Gavin and Don, I know these guys are closing tons and tons of deals themselves. Um, I was actually doing a little research this morning on like what we had going, right? We do two, two meetings weekly with my team. And check this out, guys. This is crazy. Right now, I have 50 rental properties, all right? 12 new purchases. I'm a closer, by the way. I love closing deals, right? I have 12 new purchases, a nine pack and three individuals that we're gonna be adding to the rental portfolio. I currently have three rentals being rehabbed and two being turned over. A lot of moving parts here, but I love this business. One listed for sale, which is a four family, and 14 of these are pending refi right now. On the wholesale business, and again, I just put this together five minutes ago, looking at the meeting notes. Uh, close one this morning, which I mentioned, so that's a cool little win. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, thank you. Um, I have 10 under contract in my wholesale business right now. Six are scheduled to close in the next 30 days. So we are closing deals, guys. This is fun. Uh, three active joint ventures with a 12 unit, a 23 unit, and a potential 60 house package as Love well. That. So, a lot going on. As you can see, Dave's definitely the talk. I'm in the mix of things. But I, and I know you guys aren't going to be as prepared as I was because I didn't give you any heads up on that. No, it's but all in let's here. go around it's the circle and talk a little bit about what we are closing. That's the point. And then obviously yeah. we want to answer questions live and have some fun here tonight. So, or this morning. Yeah, let's Absolutely. make sure. Let's make sure we tell. I mean, we'll tell people why we're here. I mean, we're here to to answer their questions. We're here to have a conversation with um, them about what they're doing as well, and about setting them up for success. Is the whole point of doing this, and having this conversation, and of course, sharing what we're going on. We're all actively doing this business. We're all successful in this business in our own right, and we're going to be sharing a lot of that. And uh, and like you said, Dave, giving back to the community. So, Gavin, what you got going on, man? Yeah. Also, I just want to say how we actually got about and, and why we're here, why us three. So we talked about this in Tulum back in probably February. Then we're all in Key West and we kind of didn't like we talked about it in Feb and then we talked about it again. And we're like, look, we keep talking about it. Let's make it happen. And we wanted to do, you know, something different. And we felt that, you know, coffee with closers, something in the morning, even though it's lunchtime for anyone on the East Coast. But Don didn't want to go any earlier. So we had to settle at this. <laughs> it's not a morning person. Um, but yeah, so we're just here. We want to bring as much value as possible. Um, any questions you have, make sure you put them in. We're going to have a lot of fun. Again, you can bring your coffee, hang out with us. Um, you know, we're going to be testing things as we go. We might have people calling in, answering questions live. Uh, we'll, you can put things in the comment. We're going to be talking a lot about what we do in our businesses. 
you know, Dave gave you a rundown. We're very active as well. Um, and, and what's unique is that we all do some of the things the same, but we also set our businesses up, um, you know, very differently. I think Don's got obviously a monster business. He's got the biggest team of us all. I like to travel, work from anywhere. Um, I do everything virtual. We've got three flips right now. Uh, we buy another one at the end of the month. Uh, we're wholesale. We just did two wholesale deals last month for 50K each in, in Alabama. What? Another one at 25. Yeah, in, in a low-end market, right? In a low-end market because there's no spreads there. So we're going to be diving into how do you get bigger spreads in these markets. Um, so we're very active and, and we're not here, I think, out of all three of us as well, all, all of us, we're not like chest uh, beating people. Uh, you'll know that from when you watch us and our personality. Um, we're just all down to earth. You know, I think that's why I, I like Don as well. You know, I mean, Don does some a lot of business, you know, and and he's done things like probably, and he'll share, I don't want to, you know, use his story, but he's been to where he grew too big. He took too much on, lost it all, got it back. Mm -hmm. So you can learn not only from the wins to motivate you, but also where did it go wrong? What happened in our life? What what was the, the, the bad thing? So you can also learn from them um, as well. Yeah, I agree 100%. So we're going to be doing this every week. Uh, we've committed to doing this every week. You know, we, we're going to, we're going to look and see what the audience needs uh, as far as, you know, their, their ability to attend these. And, and we may adjust our time a little bit to, to accommodate the audience. But the point is we're committed to you, the audience. We're committed to answering questions. We're committed to helping people take that next step in their business, whether it's just getting their first deal or scaling it into the beast that it can be. So that's the whole point of this. And we are all friends. Um, like, like Gavin said, we, we've hung out in Tulum, Mexico. We've hung out in Key West. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, gotten to hang out with Dave in his home city as well. And, uh, and it's been a lot of fun getting to know these gentlemen. So, and, uh, they're as about as real as they see, you see Dave bobbing and having a good time. And that yeah. is the way he is all the Dave's time. Ready to go. <laughs> He's Dave's ready to go. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was going to say, Dave, if we don't speak right now, like we might as well just get yeah. the coffee and chill out. Cause he sometimes keep my earphones in, even though the speakers are <laughs> over here just with music on just so I can be ready. <laughs> <laughs> very cool so we, we actually have a comment here it says i'm having a hard time getting started i need a push what can i do first uh, dave you want to run with that one and then we'll, we'll have gavin chime in on it yeah i mean it really depends um in terms of you know what your goals are so like i wouldn't even necessarily give you advice without you having you know talked about the goal first that's my two cents right so do you want to do virtual wholesaling well like gavin can talk all about that type of stuff are you wanting to do fix and flips I only have one fix and flip on my on my schedule right now, so I'm not necessarily doing a ton of those. Um, I'm more into to, to wholesaling and landlording. So if they had a goal of wholesaling or landlording, then we could obviously put a plan together for them. Um, but I think that to answer this question is is really the first thing you should do is start with the goal, mm -hmm. and then you can put together a plan to achieve it. A goal without a plan is a dream. We all know that. Uh, but just saying, I want to be a real estate investor isn't specific enough. Are you wanting to do some fix and flips? Are you wanting to do some wholesales? Are you wanting to do some landlording? And then we could put together a plan for you. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think as well, like if we knew a bit more, it'd be cool if we, that was like a calling question so we could actually tailor it to him. Right. Um, but for me, I think you've got to be looking. There's so much information out there from YouTube, from us, from courses, from mentors that you might be with. And wherever you are, 
or whatever you're doing, you've got to start taking massive action. I know we talk about it, but I also believe that overwhelm, okay, is a choice, right? Overwhelm comes from taking too much information on and not taking enough action. So what I suggest anyone getting in, whatever it is, that you take 30 minutes of training and whatever you've just learned, you need to put it into action before you go any further. So break it down into simple steps and just take action on the small piece. And guess what? If you take action on this piece and you take action on the next piece and the next piece, you're going to obviously get where you want to go. So I just say that. I couldn't say it any better than I think either one of you two. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to pick your path. You have to know what it's going to be. And there's so much information out there and so many podcasts, so much YouTube information, so many choices that you can't allow yourself to try to look at every single shiny object of information that you have out there. Gavin, you hit that one on the head as well. So pick your path. Take the time to implement what it is that you're learning in that path and make sure that you're taking action, massive and perfect action. Look, a lot of people don't want to do anything until they know exactly what to do. And I have learned, you know, through my life that you never know exactly what something's going to look like until you take that step and take until you take action. I always use the example of car manufacturers. They take a car and they will generally do a drawing and then they'll do like a computer animation, a CAD of the, the vehicle, and then they'll do a model of the vehicle and then they'll actually build the vehicle and then they'll test drive the vehicle and then they'll make changes to the vehicle. You know, is the wheel well, is the wheel rubbing against the wheel well? Is it uncomfortable to sit in? Is, is the head height too low or too high? And they'll make those adjustments you know, along the way, and then they'll end up with the vehicle they sell. And even then it's not perfect. There's recalls. They have things they have to fix, right? So yeah. that's a perfect example of business and life and everything else. There's no such thing as perfection out there ever. You're never going to find it. You'll find the closest thing to it by taking action and implementing. That's the only way. Absolutely. Man, you guys Love nailed it. that one. You nailed it. No, that's good. Really yeah. good. So, okay, we got one more up here. It says, uh, will topics relate to business in general or uh, a particular industry? And uh, I, I Ashley's would say- one of my friends. I know Ashley okay. very well. Ashley um, is an insurance agent and we're going to be talking about in this particular, you know, weekly live, all things real estate and all things that are associated with business, including insurance. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll get Ashley on in a future episode and we can talk about you know, why that is such an important piece. But Ashley, great question. Real mm -hmm. estate specific. And really, we got a power team here because we're all we're all doing real estate, but we're all really focusing our efforts on a little bit different types of real estate investing. So you have a really big picture here um, for everybody, which is awesome. So Ashley, I, thanks for watching. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope I'm open to having business, general business conversation. Honestly, I'm an entrepreneur first. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've I've owned cell phone stores, nightclubs. Um Real estate restaurants, was restaurants, web development businesses, yeah, lawn yeah. care companies, guys. Like, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Invested in this and that yeah. and this and that. I know, Dave, Dave, you're a big crypto guy. We're entrepreneurs first, and real estate is our widget. Real estate, instead of going out and building building the factory and, and, a, and an assembly line, we got into real estate. Real estate's the widget that drives our entrepreneurial dream. I love having general business questions like team building. I think that's something we can get into here. Who to hire, how to hire, how to build a team, how to be a good leader. You know, how not to get yourself in trouble with taxes and all the crazy stuff. That would be fantastic topics to have yeah. in, on these um, on these episodes. So for sure, I think it's going to go both ways, particularly yeah. real estate, uh, the real estate industry. But general business is a great topic. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. as well, like you need to bring the experts in. Right. Like, I have an accountant 
right, to do his job in accounting and tell me how we need to structure things, right? You don't need to know everything. That's why we have certain professionals in them areas. But it's just how do you how do you work with the right person? I've had a lot of accountants that know nothing about real estate. It's a disaster because they don't know the loopholes of of deductions and things that you can do and get away with legally that's going to let you pay more taxes and have more write-offs the right way. So, you know, bringing the right professionals into your business uh, is key. So yeah, I think we need to, we'll be, we'll be hitting that as well as we go. Fantastic. Sure. Right. I'm going to pop another one up here. So Mr. Singleton, he was a, the gentleman who asked, um, you know, having a hard time getting started. I need to push. Um, he says he really wants to do wholesale first and then build it up. So uh, that's what I do. I do wholesale first and build it up. So really, if you are going to do that, take that approach. That's great. Wholesale is the focus. So check this out, guys. My business, Don, you had said this earlier about business, of course, but like my business when it's specific to wholesaling isn't a real estate investing business. Go figure. It's actually a marketing business. So Mr. Singleton, learn how to do marketing direct to motivated sellers. All right. Um, and I'm curious to hear this statistic from Don and Gavin, Gavin and Don. Last year, my company bought about 100 houses, give or take, and we probably bought about five on the MLS. You guys know how many you bought and what percentage were MLS-ish? Zero of ours were MLS. Zero, all yeah. year. Gavin, mm -hmm. any MLS? Uh, well, I bought a rental from a, a mother-in-law, but that was because of location and being lazy. Um, but no, not in my real estate business. No, nothing off the MLS. Absolutely so point not. proven. Thanks, babe. Point proven is that you have to get really good at finding deals, right? That's really the goal. So check this out. You probably hear a lot, right? And see a lot of ads of gurus, kind of like, you know, some of the stuff that I'm even putting out, but it'll say, hey, you can flip houses with little to no money. And they're not wrong. We've done that 400 times over at my business, right? But the flipping of the house with little to no money is the easy part. The catch that people don't typically say is you can flip houses with little to no money as long as you're willing to invest time and money into generating the leads. Again, this is a marketing business, guys. Yeah. This is and a I marketing think, business. Well, you said, um, you said, you said, go ahead, Gavin. No, go on. Sorry, Dan. Go on. You, you said time and money, right? It's, it, to me, it's time and money or time, or, it's or, really or, or. Or time or money, right? It's really yeah. or. But here's mm -hmm. the deal. Even if you, in, if you invest time, I'm sorry, if you invest money only, you have to basically have systems in place to where you don't have mm -hmm. time. But that's still going to be time consuming to set up and manage. So there's always going to be some time. The more time you put in, the less money you can right. put in. And you can exactly. essentially do it with no money, but you have to allocate a lot of time. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm freaking lazy as hell. So incredibly lazy. I, I have nine are. virtual assistants to do all <laughs> of these things for me, right? Yeah. So I still dedicate an hour or two a day into managing these people and looking at the leads that come in and setting up these systems and making sure they're running. But at this yeah. point, I would rather spend money on my marketing, AKA salaries and labor and systems than time. But in the beginning, if you don't have any money, you can still do this. That's the coolest yeah. part. You just have to have a time allocation budget. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to say as well, I mean, you've just really answered the question, but 
um you know when i got started that's all i did was pound the phone right and i started partnering with with other wholesalers at dead leads and i just used to sit there for 10 12 hours a day just making phone calls and doing uh, making money right so i think you have to put that money in right you have to put that time in if you don't have the money what i think sometimes when we go with this money down and you can do this is the concept is is exactly what it says but you have to put the effort in you can't be lazy right and then have no money it doesn't make sense you've got to bust it if you don't have the money you've got to make the money and you've got to reinvest wisely to set the systems up so then you can scale don says yeah we are all lazy and he's right but we can be lazy because it's not warranting on us to do the work to make things happen that's why but don't be deluded and say we started that way because we didn't we were pounding that phone we were pounding i'm not a guy that goes to the houses but i was working that phone dave was going door knocking and getting in front of sellers right and when we're all doing them things to, to make it happen so i think back to that question of you want to do wholesaling first you've got to focus i'm a i like to do reverse engineering on the wholesale side i like to go and build a buyers list and then serve the buyers for what they need it just makes sense i think it's easier to convert in the sales cycle when you already know what people are looking for um so i definitely suggest that as well and um so yeah so i just might throw that out yeah Perfect. Um, okay. So, uh, Mr. Singleton says that he's part of your and Joe's class. So he's studying and training there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You're in Study good hands. Out, man. Keep it simple yes. though. So, you know, I mean, really the main things is this is a marketing business. Change your mindset right away. Number yeah. two, pick a marketing channel. Like, so make that the activity. Don't just, you know, look at houses on Zillow all day, start marketing, you know, do something called call, text, door knock, drive, mm -hmm whatever it may be, right? And then once you start getting leads from that channel, add a second channel, but don't think about anything else. Start with the basics, guys. This is the marketing business. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, and I, my, my, my initial marketing when I first started was uh, networking. That was, it was all effort because I had zero money. It was all, and I got my first deal off the MLS, out of, of a deal that fell out of contract because I had networked with an agent that needed somebody to close quickly back when i got started again in 2012 the second time my first, first deal, three deals were networking it yeah. was a management company that had that had a client that didn't want to spend the money to fix up the places and he just wanted yeah. to sell them yeah. and they referred me over to him and i bought all three wholesaled them individually but it was all three so networking guys free yeah. leads that's you just gotta put I, in the time that's why i called the company rei network because yeah. there you is. go yep. that's what it's all about <laughs> i all love right. it we got another question here from, uh, it's not identifying Facebook user, but uh, what was the biggest mistake you made when you first started investing and what did you learn from it? Okay, um, I can tell you that right there. Go ahead, Gavin. You're no, go on, go on, you go. The biggest mistake I made was also the best mistake, right? It was like the best lesson, right? So I went to college and spent 80 grand on a formal education the first house I bought, I bought for 20 grand and I put 40 in it and I rehabbed it and it took me seven months and I did like 80% of the work. And really I walked away from that with it worth about what I was into it for. Cause I rehabbed it, you know, nice in an area that's not so nice. And, but, but it was a great lesson, right? So I would say, you know, if you want to be a real estate investor, don't swing a hammer pick one or the other if you want to be a contractor be a contractor right mm -hmm. but change your mindset 
So going in there, that was a huge waste of time, but it was one of the best lessons because I know that I don't want to be messing with plumbing stacks or roofs or window installs or stains and fumes for paint and flooring and having to have all these tools that I have to track around, right? I'd rather build relationships with people that do those things and enjoy those things and really just kind of run the show, right? Move pieces around the board. So I think that was kind of one of my biggest mistakes, but again, also one of the biggest learning things like i knew i know now what i don't want to do yeah absolutely and i think we've all got i mean i have a lot a lot of them right i've not i've never let, lost on a flip i've never lost money I, I think mine's more from an emotional standpoint is that one of the biggest mistakes i used to make is that be, just because i get a contract and i get a buyer i think i'm done i think i'm paid right and i think one of the yeah. biggest things is is that the deal is never done until it's done right until the money hits the bank and the final paperwork is signed just because he wants this and she wants that and put it together i'm making ten thousand dollars i'm done and already i'm thinking i'm spending it i'm making my next moves on marketing i'm doing this and then all of a sudden there's a lean or something. I'm like, what? This is not how it's supposed to go. What do you mean? I'm not going to make 10 grand and that's gone now. So that was the big thing for me is, is thinking that once because it's in contract that everything's just going to close and, and happen. So make sure you see your contracts through. Okay. And, and make sure that you are not doing that. You're not spending the money and, and hopefully you guys, you're not spending it on personal things. You should be reinvesting a good portion of it. Um, but whatever you're doing, don't make them moves until you know the deal is actually done and, and it's hit your account. I'm gonna give a little bit of different advice on that very first check. When you get the, when you, I, I agree with you 100% on everything you said. It, it, there's no such thing as a verbal. A signed contract doesn't mean anything until it's <laughs> until it's closed. And Love closing it. doesn't mean anything until the money's in the bank. But the right. one thing I will say is that very first check you get, I think 50% of it should be reinvested in back in your business. I think 50% of it should be, uh, you should reward yourself. You should celebrate the win because there's something that mindset wise it says that I just got a bigger check in one chunk than I've ever gotten in my entire life. And I'm going to do something stupid with part of it because that's going to drive you. I feel like you got to um, pay yourself. You got to pay yourself. You got to, you got to show yourself that I, I succeeded. And I've, 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 cause the reason I say that out loud is cause I failed to do that through my career. Even, even now I failed to do that sometimes there's things I do for myself all the time. I fly first class cause I want to be comfortable you know, and I will, I like else. no, I'm just saying, and I, but I don't, I also drive a Chevy pickup you know, and it's paid for. I don't drive fancy cars, but the sure, point sure. is I fail to reward myself. I think all of us do from time to time. And there's something mindset wise that helps when you do that. So, you know, always reinvest in your business, do it in percentages. This much goes back to marketing. This goes much goes back to my growth and building my team. This much goes to paying myself. This much goes to the government and this much goes to uh, celebration and fun. Right. Yeah. And that should, that's that, you know, it's kind of the profit first scenario, which is a conversation we can get into probably another episode, but you should, yeah. you, every check should have a percentage of that goes somewhere for your success. Yeah. And I, I just want to say as well that your first deal, okay, is the biggest deal of your life. Um, yeah. Because oh, yeah. uh, mine was 1500 bucks and still the most important deal to date because it was proof of concept, right? Mm -hmm. I could do it. 50, I would have took 500. I probably would have made $20 or $10. The fact that I've just put something through, we're using paper and didn't own it and did all these things and assigned and it actually worked was just massive. Again, 1500 bucks and it was the biggest deal to date yeah. because it was the one that was like, this is, I can do it. This actually works. And You're then telling me that I can use paper to get yeah. control of this property and then sell this paper. You're telling me this insane. is a thing. Yeah. Insane. And once wow. you get that, when, that, when you do that first deal, everything changes a hundred percent. What? Yeah.
Yeah. yeah. So biggest mistake I think I ever made was waiting too long to take yeah. action. That's that, that would be. Yeah. So I got another one, guys. The first ten years of my investing, I wasn't doing it right. I've been investing about 16 years, so I've only really been doing it right for the last six. So what was I doing the first 10 years? I was buying houses on the MLS via an agent paying full retail for them. Now, these were rentals. They weren't, you know, like I wasn't necessarily looking for deals, but I, but I wasn't looking because I didn't even know. And literally six years ago, I was like, whoa, there's this thing out there like called motivated sellers. And they're like, have houses and they're like we'll we'll sell them to you at a big discount what where do i find these people and when i learned that everything changed i went from buying one house a year consistently for 10 years which is pretty good mm -hmm. to buying 30 that next year then 60 then 100 yeah. because i learned that there's these motivated sellers out there and you can easily market to them right yep. Yeah. It's either you call or contact them or you put something out into the universe that gives them the ability to call and contact you. Love it. Love okay, it. Here, here's a good question for you guys. When when you're doing a JV and your partner has the contract under their name with the seller, you're going to bring in the buyer. Is there something I would need to sign? Um, yeah, a joint venture agreement. Yeah. So you yeah. had mentioned it earlier, but you're probably just saying, oh, we're joint venture and like a partnership, it's verbal. Mm -hmm. But use a one-page joint venture agreement to set up an agreement with you and that partner. Also, in theory, you shouldn't really be marketing that person's property to your buyer without that agreement. We do it all the time, let's be honest, especially yeah, if it's just I, one text or one call. Well, or I think as well, just to, just to jump on that real quick, is that it comes down to networking again. How well do you know the person, right? Now, if I was going to do a, day, a, a JV with Don and, and or Dave, we're not going to start signing JV agreements. We're just going to get it done, right? Because right. the relationship's there. Right. So well, if you don't know this person- By the time that person, it gets to the closing table, though, we will because they're going to need that in order to know where to distribute funds whenever we well, have a profit. Technically, yes and no, because what we do is that I just get paid off the hood. So that's 100% thing that needs to happen. So if I'm going to JV with Don, Don can send in the contract under his name. But when it comes to then distribution of the funds, they tell title, hey, 50% is going here and 50% is going there. Yeah. So I never let, never, ever let, this is really important, never let your wholesaler your partner your friend or whatever collect all the funds okay one of the biggest things in this business is cash i don't flow let them problems. collect any of them so i'm gonna, well, I'm gonna exactly. make it easier well, let me just say this cash flow <laughs> problems right people have cash flow problems so if i get 50 grand and i owe don 25 grand and it comes to me and i go well hold on a minute i got 50 grand here and i owe don 25 what if I can reinvest quick, do another deal, and then pay Don? Buy right? Bitcoin on this Tuesday, happens. and then by Wednesday morning, it's doubled. Exactly. So <laughs> what you need to do is, it's not your money, so we get paid off the hood. So I never collect as the wholesaler or that person. Make sure you get paid off the hood. That's how we do all of our yeah, deals. Yeah, there's so it's fantastic, and that's great, Gavin. You pointed out something that's very important. It doesn't matter. There's there's some really successful people in this business that are doing hundreds of deals a year that are are bleeding and dying cash flow. Yeah. Yes. I mean, a lot of because people. they're not running a real business. So yes. um, that's just a practical reality. Um, what what I would say, JV agreement with somebody you don't know is very important. If it's not written on paper, it might be written on water. Um, that's a fact. Um, if you if you don't have a JV agreement in place, uh, make sure that you have you know who the title company is, um, and you are letting the title company know that you are bringing the buyer to the table and you're entitled to part of that. 
uh, put the title company on notice. They're a neutral third party title attorney. They're a neutral third party. If they're on notice that you may be owed money, they're not going to allow that deal to close until that's cleared up. So yeah. just the steps you can take to protect yourself. If you don't have something in writing. It's great 100%. advice guys. That's awesome. 100%. So let me throw this one up here. So is there a form I, that uh, is needed to, to have a potential buyer sign to protect myself? That'd be an assignment uh, agreement. Agreement. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, th these are all forms that we can throw in as well. We're going to be doing. I'm, gonna, I'm making a note. Yeah. So we need a JV. So guys, what we're going to do is we're going to put some documents together that you can get free downloads to. We haven't got them yet because as we go, we're going to be like, oh, I've got this. We can put that in. So we're going to do a JV agreement and assignment agreement. So watch here. This is your plug to watch here live. Uh, we'll let you know in the next week or two that that link is live. You'll be able to go to a link. You'll be able to choose um, either all the documents are available or the ones you want to download and download those. And uh, we'll have that all for you. And it, they'll evolve as we see the needs of the group. We're here, again, we're here to get back to the community. So, 100%. all right. Uh, and can I just say one thing real quick? I don't know no, absolutely this is, not. This is possible. But can you like, if you're watching us in the YouTube, in, in uh, Facebook, try and share this to as many people, invite as many people as you can to the group. Again, we want to reach as many people. We're not here to sell anything. All right. We're not going to be pitching you on things. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not here to do that at all. So if you can just share, invite your friends to the group, uh, get as many eyeballs uh, as you can, uh, we would appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So we have another one here. Um, we have an agreement in place with the other partner or with the partner. I just need to know if I need to sign something between myself and the buyer. Yes. Uh, well, okay. No, if you have a JV agreement, let me, let me step back here just to understand what this question is. If you have a JV agreement in place and the other partner has the agreement with the seller, then that partner is assigning to your buyer. If you assign to your buyer, you don't technically have an agreement. You can't do that. So I want to make sure you don't sign anything with the buyer. You could probably, honestly, if I were you, it'd be a safe bet. I think we lost Gavin. Um, no, it's just his camera. There it is. <laughs> no, I'm messing with him. <laughs> we had that issue yesterday. Um, so if I were you, what I would do is have the assignment agreement, have two signatures on it, and you, the partner signs the assignment agreement, and then you sign the assignment agreement to the buyer. Um, that would be a layer of protection. It doesn't really legally mean much, but it's, again, you can show intent if you're, if that person ever tries not to pay you. Um, so that would be something I would probably do. But again, as Gavin said, it depends on how well you know this person. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, Kevin but Carol, joint ventures are a great, a great yeah. place to start guys. I mean, my business probably does 20 joint ventures a year on average to help other investors that are new or wholesalers connect with those buyers. So, if you're new, as well. find the local guy in your market that's doing 50 to 100 deals. And there's probably 10 of those people in your market, maybe more. And, uh, you know, go create a relationship with them. That way, if you stumble across a deal and you're new and you don't really know exactly what to do with it, you might be able to bring it to somebody like me or Don or Gavin here. And they can turn that into 20 grand and kick you $10,000, $12,000 right back. So joint ventures are amazing. I think a lot of people under... They underutilize them. I don't look as anybody in my market, let alone the nation, as a competitor. I look at every one of these other investors that are also marketing to the same deal as me as a strategic partner because I can't be on the phone with every seller every day. But if yeah. they catch them, let's say somebody else, you know, a competitor, which is really a strategic partner, gets them on the day that they're motivated and gets that contract, I may still be interested in buying the contract and paying them an assignment 
assuming there's still meat on the bone. So everybody is your partner out there. Change your mindset. Nobody's competition. Yeah. Use everyone else to help you find deals or sell them. I just want to say just, and then we'll move on to this next question. I've never done a deal on my own from start to finish, whether I've been the marketer, whether I've been the acquisition, whether I've been the dispo. <laughs> that's, that's a humble brag. I love it. I've never done a deal on my own. I've never marketed, took it down, sold it, signed it, closed it. I've steps. never done all the steps in one go ever. I love it. And you don't have to, guys. There's ways to automate this business which i love and, and i'm and that's how i that's how i started doing more deals because guess what when i was in acquisition role locking deals up 50 50 split i was passing them on i'd go on the next so that's how i started to churn because guess what if i had to go now dispo i'm not on the phone i'm not bringing in contracts so for me it made sense um yeah. so that's that that's how i did work anyway, your strengths and find some next. help to work on the things that need to get done that you know either are you know low dollar an hour tasks or things that you're not good at right so love it what does kevin carroll say i love kevin, kevin carroll yeah kevin carroll my man and my boy kevin carroll has uh definitely uh, impacted me in some positive ways when we're out and having a good time he is a very smart man i want to throw that out there and he's with rei black book which is an amazing organization um so when the market is hot high prices low inventory do you change marketing strategies to find motivated sellers and when the market cools down change strategies again i want to jump in there and say i i i, I kind of ebb and flow with with what everybody says isn't working when somebody says a marketing channel isn't working that's the one i go after <laughs> so it doesn't really matter what the market's doing um that's the one i go after but i will say that um you know like right now with covid and the market being hot sales cycle has changed there are longer sales cycles so we definitely do focus on some of the lower cost marketing channels um, with longer sales cycles than we do um, when the market is is uh, cooled down and it's a little easier to grab sellers but i usually go after the channels people are saying aren't working because that means everybody's there's a mass exodus and when there's a mass exodus or that you, that marketing channel usually takes off and does really well for me yeah i, I want to say as well it's where you also focus isn't it right it is it's, it's the one you it's do where it's the one you do and that you do the most of will win. So, um, but to answer you, I guess what I'm, mine's cold calling for me. Yeah. So mine's all always cold calling. Um, that's my number. Am I getting feed? Is anyone getting feedback? I'm getting feedback. No, we're good. We don't hear you. Okay. I don't know why. Um, so is no one else getting feedback? Why am I getting feedback? Dave, it's probably you. Have you nope. got it playing in the background nope. or something? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just going to keep talking. Uh, so anyway, mine is cold calling is my number one because that's where 90% of my efforts go. So that's why. But the others all work. Uh, every marketing works. But for me, it's cold calling. I don't know about you you guys. So I'm kind of always changing strategies in a way. I stick to the main things like cold calling, cold texting, direct mail. Also do some AdWords and uh various other activities like bandit signs tons of driving for dollars which turns into cold calls and cold texts and direct mail and of course i'll even get out of the car and door knock or see a dumpster and see somebody working and go figure out who you know what's going on because they could be a buyer if they're a rehab company or builder it could be a yeah. seller trying to fix their home up by themselves and not know what they're doing i get out of the car right so have a lot of strategies of course but what i say whenever i'm changing them constantly is I'm constantly tweaking certain things within those. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. I mean, I would imagine you guys are as well, too. So well, we're watching the data. We're, you know, what the data tells us is about the particular list or the time of year to mail that list. So I'm always watching that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I use cold calling to be consistent. Right. And then I play with other channels. Um, but I'm always reliant back on on that one that I've just seems to be the best for me because I focus on it the most. Yeah. Cold calling um, and cold texting is the most cost efficient and effective yeah. right now i feel like in terms yeah. of you know cost per lead to reach and, and get them on the phone or leave them a voicemail or send them a text message things are going to be changing though at the end of this yeah. month i don't think it's going to yeah. go away well I'm i think it's just going to limit the people that are doing super high volume i'm going to skip yeah. a couple of questions here we'll go back to them so it says what uh, would cold calling or sms be better in this market uh what are the new changes in that to sms marketing that may affect going forward uh there are some laws that are that been on the books that are going to affect around June, June or July. And June first. Yeah, it's going to change text message impact significantly. Is it going to die? No, but it's going to change it significantly, and your liability is going to be huge. So, so cold calling, I, I would say, if you're going to start doing something right now, I would I would put my money into cold calling and not necessarily into building momentum in SMS because SMS is changing significantly. Yeah, and really, like even the big companies, you know, the ones that that I use and that I follow, they don't really even know quite yet what the landscape's going to look like. Here's what we do know: you're going to have to register every number that you're going to be doing outbound marketing on, no matter if it's cold calling or cold texting, and you're going to have to basically register your new campaigns. Which again, I don't know how. I mean, that that might be kind of gray, right? Like in one number be a consistent campaign or is that like every day I add a new campaign I needed to go? We don't know that quite yet, right? Uh, but numbers will have to be registered. Campaigns will have to be registered. And then also your entity is going to have to be registered and that will be attached to that phone number and that campaign. So again, there's going to be a ton of transparency in the marketing that's going on. But in a way, I almost am kind of happy about it because I get tons and tons of unsolicited calls and texts all day, and it is kind of annoying, right? So I think it's gonna be good for those that aren't abusing the system. But I think those people that are sending out 40,000 text messages a day, it's gonna be good for the mass public because they're not gonna be able to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But I think if you are acting responsibly and you are, you know, and you do have a campaign for a specific reason and you're only using your marketing time and efforts towards that thing, I think that you'll that will be okay. Again, a lot of changes are gonna be happening over the next couple of weeks. And we're gonna keep you guys in the loop because we're all doing cold calling and cold texting. At least I know I am. Gavin's doing a ton of it and I'm sure Don is too. At yeah, least we call inside of it. We have four cold callers, so yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's see here, Mr. Mr. Singleton, um, which software do you guys recommend, PropStream or Pen Plus? Um, I'm familiar with PropStream. I'm not familiar with Pen Plus. A lot of times, um, to be honest with you, um, it's the same product, um, but I don't, I don't honestly know. Yeah, I've seen a couple white labels of it actually. Yeah, mm, yeah maybe that's what it is. That's a good point. I'm gonna pull it up here real quick. So yeah, I've been using PropStream for several years, guys. It is amazing software for 100 bucks a month. I'm gonna be honest. Um, basically whenever I have a new student that comes on that doesn't have local MLS access or access in the market they want to invest in, um, I tell them get this immediately because you have unlimited comps nationwide. So check that box. 
but also you can pull 10,000 leads a month out of there included in the hundred bucks that you pay. So you're basically penny a lead and um, has a mobile app and driving for dollars built into it. So it's probably the best value out there for software. It's where I tell everybody, you know, basically you're kind of required if you're, if you're working with me um, to have this, because if you can't comp a property, you can't reverse engineer your offer. And if you don't have a solid offer to make, then you're spinning your wheels. Why even spend time and money on marketing, right? So you gotta be able to comp properties. You gotta be able to know what your ARVs are in order to know if you're being able to, if you're gonna be able to get a discount or a deal on it, right? So highly recommend PropStream. I don't know anything about Pin Plus, um, but I can tell you PropStream's proven. It's used by yeah. tens of thousands of people, you know, I personally, nothing negative about Pin Plus, but I wouldn't even waste my time. Go with what people are using, what works, and what's basically proven, right? It helps me close deals every day. I'm out using the app comp and properties every time I'm looking at one, every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to so, say as well, just real quick, though, you have to be careful with technology because it's a, it's easy to hide behind it and get kind of like busy doing yes. nothing, right? So don't do that. Oh, well, I spent seven hours on PropStream learning it. All you're doing is you're not taking any action. You're not getting anywhere. So make sure there's all this noise and software. And if you're new, like Mr. Singleton was saying, like you just got to be careful. Don't hide behind your software. Don't get all in the weeds. Just get sellers, get on the phone and start making some offers. That's what you need yeah. to do. Yeah. I can uh, I can trace back several hundred thousand dollars worth of profits to PropStream. So uh, I know, right? All right. So Divine. Great question you, uh, though. Yeah, it was. Hey, hey, hero buddies. Uh so we have a friend from Key West here. Um, which uh which Divine method Diva, hey girl. <laughs> yeah. So which which methods is best to reach uh, motivated sellers, cold calling, knocking on doors, direct mail, SMS, or RVM? All of them. First, all of them. The first thing I'll say is the one you do is gonna be the most successful marketing channel. Yeah. Wow, I love it. I would yeah. hug and you we're, if I could. And right we're now. gonna say, and we're gonna say that every week. When yeah. this question comes up, it will not change. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I will I will say, okay, so between 2018 and 2019, to the two years combined, 24 months, I sent out two million postcards. I was very I, I had very, very, very high success with direct mail, but I also knew the data. I watched the data very closely. I'm not mailing at that volume right now, obviously with COVID and everything else and the sales cycle changing. I'm still direct doing direct mail, just not at that volume. But it's direct mail has always been tried and true for me through the years. It, it's it's the one channel that's always going to be there. I started as a door knocker. My first deal was door knocking pre foreclosure way back in 2003. My first deal in the business, my second time around after I lost everything, I started again was off the MLS, like I said, through networking. But the very first deal I ever got in my life was from door knocking. I did it for four hours a day, five hours a day. Every day I pre door knocked pre foreclosure. I had a lot of success with that. But that was a channel that I did day in and day out. Um, we have four cold callers right now. We're making a lot of money pulling data from PropStream and sending over to skip, skip, skip tracing them and sending them to cold callers. And we're making a lot of money. That's that is really our best marketing channel with direct mail right now. But those those two marketing channels, direct mail and cold calling, are the ones that I'm doing right now. So it goes back to what you do is what makes you successful. What you do, you understand, and what you track. You have to track your marketing. You have to understand your numbers, the results you're getting. 
there are there are times to mail, like in July, it's not a great time to mail in the Fresno market. It's just not. And I know that now because I'm watching my data. So I know when to put the gas on and when to pull the gas off to make a marketing channel successful. There's a law of diminishing returns where you get to a point where it doesn't matter how much you spend on that channel, it's not going to give you any more money because you've you've tapped that channel. There is yeah. there's like a, a reverse, uh, like a hockey stick where the, if you don't spend enough money, you're not going to get any leverage or any action. You want to be in a sweet spot. So it's important to know your yeah. numbers in that channel. And then you have to do that channel to be successful. Yeah. I just want to say, if you don't know your numbers, you don't have a business, right? Right. So if you don't know your numbers, you don't have a business. And what Don is saying there is that he's using his own data and his own findings through trial and error to create what works for him. So don't think, well, how do I know that July is not good in my market? You have to test. You have to split test. You have to run tests. And then you will know uh, what's working and kind of Can you do not. four of them, like four small ones, like we had three small ones? Uh, four small ones? Let me see here. Like to where that's not the full screen? Mm, doesn't uh, it's not no, no big deal. No, no, I don't think I can. Mm. No. Either way, marketing is happening in the background right now. Mm -hmm. Right? I got cold callers on the clock from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. It looks like I only have one caller on right now here, right? But uh, back to, you know, earlier question about, about marketing you can automate a lot of this stuff, guys. That's the coolest part. And you know, one of the things that that I really, really, really love about Gavin and Don is they lead with creating a lifestyle, not a cell. And what I mean by cell, like a prison cell. Yeah, we don't need that anymore, yeah. right? Not a prison cell, right? They they basically are building their businesses with a vacation uh, right around the corner in mind not 15 months away, right? So we're all setting up systems here. So we have done all of the things and we still do and help our team do all of these things, but automation is possible and we highly want recommend it and want to encourage and teach you, everybody watching, you know, how to do it as well too. So, you know, just because cold calling is time consuming doesn't mean you got to do it, but somebody's got to do that marketing. Just know that marketing is the business right so earlier you know we had a guy say you know where do i start and we said well you need to have a goal and i kind of want to just circle back to that just for one second because you do want to have a goal so you can put together a plan but check this out if you get really good at marketing and you lead with that and that's the business and you go out and you find a hell of a deal 50 cents on the dollar you could, you know, screw up every which way and still make a profit. Check this out. The door for fixing, flipping it opens now. You now have an opportunity there. The door to get it rented and fixed up and rented and, and, and maybe even bird out and get all your money back, it opens now. And now the door to wholesale, it's open now too. So you have all of these opportunities, right? You have all of these doors that normally would be closed to you if you get the deal. So start when it comes to real estate investing, focusing on the marketing, the direct to seller marketing. And then when you come across a deal, you can decide if you want to keep it and cherry pick it. And that's really the coolest thing is Gavin's doing that. I'm doing that. Don's doing that. We're cherry picking the best deals for ourselves. We basically have a motto that we all kind of share and it's keep the best wholesale the rest. Yeah. Right. So like, 
you know, I'm wholesaling five to 10 deals a month and I'm not even focused on wholesaling. I'm focused on finding rentals and flips for me. And when the good ones come in, I keep them. But really every day when I wake up, I'm not like going on Zillow and looking at random properties for sale. I'm going to my team and looking at my marketing channels and figuring out what they, what conversations they've had with people. And, and, and if there's anybody with, you know, eminent problems that we can solve, right? Mm -hmm. And when I come in and I say, hey, I can offer you a ton of value, I demand a discount. If somebody's not willing to give me a 30% discount on their property, I'm not leaving my house. I'm not going to looking at that. I demand a discount. And it probably took me two or three years, guys, to change my mindset of chasing people around, to see and hope and beg that they would give me a deal, to pulling back and saying, you know what? I'm going to start disqualifying myself. And now that's what I do on every call. Hey, this is Dave. Thanks for calling Household Easy. I'm an investor. I don't pay retail, but I'd love to buy your house and I'll pay cash. That's the pitch. I lead with it. And then people yeah. that say, oh, well, you don't pay retail. Well, I'm looking to get you know 150 and the Zestimates one 155. It's like, I'm not your buyer. Go call an agent, right? Mm -hmm. So a couple little lessons. Yeah. That's Dave's rant for today. No, that's really good. No, that's <laughs> Sorry good. about that. And yeah. it was unique though as well. Like just to point out the differences in our businesses is that we're not, I'm not going to any house. So, you know, Dave loves exactly. to go and see the house and, and he loves that because that's what he does. I don't. I'm like, I want to make sure that we're getting it over the phone, right? As much as we can and, and we're closing. Um, so that's a unique way uh, of, of, of setting these business up. This one's actually a really important question, Don, this next one. Yeah. How many You've people are you guys contacting a day, week, month? And uh, what is your success rate? So for me, I'm going to keep it real, real simple for you, right? I expect one to two leads every three to four hours of cold calling. Okay, that is my goal. And the reason it's very like, well, one to two is because it depends on the market, depends where you're doing it, right? If you're going to be in Dallas or you're going to be in Houston, you know, you're probably looking at one lead in four hours, right? Now, if I go to Mississippi, I'm probably going to get three in four hours, right? So just depends on, 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 on a lot of things. But I personally demand or I want, I would say, one to two leads every three to four hours. I want to keep it super simple. And that's kind of what we look for. And that's Cold why calling. I think we encourage the automation of it, guys. One to yeah. two leads for three to four hours of your time. Hey, if you don't have any money, then that's where you start. That's where we started. Get to work. Yeah. And, and the cool like, thing is to... as well. Is 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 clients that kind of that I work with. If they're on the nine till five, they've got leads sitting there when they get off. Right? I, I love it, man. So I the focus it. of I've only got two hours a day. Well, two hours a day doing what? You can't be searching on Zillow for two hours and not have any interaction. So I think everyone's got their own unique unique way, but that's kind of what I look for. And then you just multiply more cold yeah. callers, more data, more dials, more leads. And you build and grow depending on what you're trying to do. But that's on cold calling for me, Don. I mean, or Dave. I know you, Don, especially for direct mail. I don't know about you, Dave, if you're doing that. But well, let's let's, I mean, let's, let's, let's keep it simple at, at that. I think that that's reasonable. You know, because for us with four caller cold callers, we, we burn data, right? We're in, we're in several states. Um, you know, I, I'm skip tracing. You know, fifty to eighty thousand um, lists. You know, size lists in in one shot. Generally. Damn. And uh, yeah, so um, 
you know, and, and we're sending off to multiple cold callers and, and, you know, but we're expecting, you know, I, I think that's a reasonable expectation. Three hours of cold calling should be one to two leads. I think that's a great way for somebody to start and to keep it kind of simple. Um, with direct mail, uh, when we, you know, basically 50% of the calls I know are going to be take me off the list. Um, and then, you know, 50% of the calls are going to be somewhat um, of a possible lead. Uh, you know, and uh, we're going to want, I generally wanted my, my, uh, my lead managers to book four appointments a day um, with the volume of direct mail we're doing. Um, like I said, we're doing about a million pieces a year. So just, just a little under a hundred thousand pieces a month. Um, and I wanted four appointments a day. I had five lead managers, so I wanted 20 appointments a day, but that was nice. Yeah. Wow. That's right. And it's cool. Every time you tell me about your business, I'm impressed. My business is not that size right now, but sure. But that's a, but but the, I mean, it's, here's the deal. It's, it's, I'm not even like relating that to doing deals or profits per se, even though that's the goal. Mm -hmm. I'm relating that to like, holy cow, you're taking three times more action than me. And it's inspiring me to like, get, find us a way to like, you know, start doing more, more mail. Well, like, but let me, like I'm let jealous, me put, but, but in a good way, like, holy cow, if you can do it, there's, there's no reason well, I can do it. And guys, if I can think do it, is, though, no you, do you, you want to do, do it? That's the, the comment. The thing is, do you want to do it? That's yeah. the important. That's the difference. Thing. That's the difference there. Right. It's not, it depends on what you want. Like it doesn't work for me, but I'm impressed by it. Cause it's fantastic. But I I've want the acquisition. I don't want to deal with all back. that. I know back since COVID though. I want to be clear. Like I've oh, of course. way back we since all have, I'm conservative. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, but still though, it's impressive and I love yeah. it. Thank you okay. for sharing. Yeah. No problem. So Kevin okay. Carroll, basically this is a rock star panel. Thank you guys for sharing Kevin. We all love you, man. Hell yeah, uh, Kevin. Thanks man. buddy. A lot of fun, Black Book. I'll throw that out there again. Um, are you, are there any platforms for, to find buyers uh, or finding a buyer? Um, Facebook groups are always a great place to do it. Um, you, local meetups, um, are always a great place to do it. Um, prop stream, you can actually uh, pull a buyer's list off of prop stream. Is there anything I'm missing? List source batch, batch you can batch. do batch will do uh, it. Yeah. Prop stream is a great resource. Um, I have some students that are doing, that are basically reverse wholesaling right now. So they're, they're new to the game and you know, before they came to me, they were just spinning their wheels and not having much luck with their marketing. And I said, okay, what kind of marketing are you doing? They were just doing all different types of marketing and lots of it in different categories, but they didn't really have much of a focus on anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, in order to, to be successful and to really scale, you know, let's, let's maybe take a break from all that marketing that you're doing and do some different types of marketing. So let's go find buyers. So if you go into Facebook groups, not the big 50,000 groups, 50,000 people groups, guys, go into like the local one. Like if you live in Indianapolis, like type in Indianapolis wholesalers or Indianapolis real estate investors or Indianapolis landlords and get in these smaller groups. When people post properties, you're going to see 20, 30, 50 comments sometimes with people that are sending their email over or wanting information. So there is tons. I mean, talking hundreds of buyers that you can build relationships with and meet on Facebook alone. Craigslist is the same way. Go on Craigslist and look for people posting ads of, um, you know, looking to buy your house. Google AdWords is probably the best way to find the big players. Go into Google, type in sell house fast Tampa. Mm-hmm. If you live in Tampa, see the people that are paying you to click on their sites, yeah. meet them, joint venture with them, find what they're looking for. Then if you're new and you don't have a ton of time or a ton of money, 
to blanket an entire market with 100,000 pieces of mail, and you maybe only have six or eight hours a week to cold call, now you know what zip codes to call. Now you know that your buyers want three families or two-story singles in this neighborhood, and you're not just spinning your tires. So lots of ways to approach it. Um, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say realtors, obviously. I don't realtors, know if you just said right. That. Realtors Absolutely. are good because one realtor might have 10 cash buyers. Uh, looking at rentals on Zillow, you can call rentals. If they've got one up for rent, they might want to buy another one. Um, also as well, guys, I don't know if I told you this, but we talked to Batch. Um, they've got a promo on for 5,000 free leads right now. Yeah. Um, I talked with them that, that they gave a, a link for. I'll just put it in. I'll just put it up. If you want to pull a buyer's list, you can get 5,000 records. If you want to go to batchleads.io slash closers. So I appreciate Batch for doing that for us. Yeah, you can pull you, seller Batch. lists and uh, also cash buyers from there if you want to skip trace them and reach out that way. So I just wanted to throw that out. Batchleads.io slash closers. Yep. I've been using them for about a year and a half. And uh, I love it, man. I like the skip tracing over there. Really, that's kind of my favorite feature. We use it for direct. We use it for SMS. They just added direct mail. Uh, we use it for uh, list stacking and pulling leads, kind of making the pivot from prop stream over to there. But I'm using both, of course. But the coolest feature about batch leads is you don't ever pay to skip trace the same lead twice, guys. So think if you have, think of my screen as your market and you do like a big area over here for vacants, right? I'm going to go even bigger. Like you kind of do like 60%, right? And then, and then you, that's, that, that's because all, that's all you can afford, right? Let's be real. And then, you know, two weeks later, you want to do this side of it, right? But you have this overlap in the middle here, right? Well, you're, you you can pull those leads and dump them into the skip trace and not have to worry about pulling those leads out. Basically, if it already has that name and that address and that data in there, it just pulls it off the list. You don't pay for it twice. And I think that this is like literally one of the most underrated features out there. I haven't seen other platforms that are doing the match savings. Um, and if you're new, it's not going to be as valuable as if you are, you know, growing your business because like literally last month I saved $1,200 on dumping leads into skip trace that I already owned. So the more and more you use it, the more this is going to start snowballing because you're going to have more and more data of your own. Love yeah, it. So there's, there's, um, <clears throat> we, we have questions coming in. We were talking about just doing today for an hour. Um, but I think if you gentlemen want to stay on longer, I have to catch a flight. I'm going to be going to Nashville today. I have to catch a flight. So I'm going to hop off here in about, of two course, minutes. Gavin, I got 10 or 15 Gavin. minutes, man. I'm not, not, Gavin, you got control of the panel. So I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I don't gonna, have control. So Gavin's going to have to drive. Yeah, yeah, let's take a couple more guys. I'm going to skip a couple of questions. I want to answer this one question personally sure. here off of YouTube it says concerning old leads, how far back in time should you go three months, six months, 12 months? We have bought deals that have been in our database for over two years. We've um, bought the deals that have been in ours for over four and a half. Yeah. So yeah. exactly. So you should always be following up. Following up is our number one marketing channel period. It's free and it's available. And it's the one that makes us the most money. And part of the reason why we're buying so many follow-up deals right now in COVID from old leads in our database is because the comps have changed. Markets are doing this right now. The prices are going up and the seller hasn't budged. They wanted 160 and they're not changing it. They still want 160, but guess what? The comp has went up 40 grand. I can pay 160 now. And that's huge for our businesses last year. We made so much money because of that. And if we hadn't been following up with old leads, that wouldn't have been the case for us. So you always yeah. follow up. I want to hammer that. That's, that's my mic drop for the day yeah. before I move on. So. <laughs> I love it. Don, thank you um, so much. Safe travels, my friend. 
Yeah, right. enjoy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Have a good one. All right, one. guys. So you have a wonderful day. I'm going to leave here, and uh, you you all continue, and I can't wait to do this again next week. All right. Now we can, oh. now we can talk about you. All right. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. No, that, that was awesome. You know, for me, 90% of my deals come from follow-up, all right? So you got to – I want to throw that out. Again, we're not just one call and locking these things up. Uh, on average, probably three to four months uh, in, in some markets, five to six on Mine, average. Four to six months on average yeah. from the time that the lead comes in, right? Which could, yeah. mean that's the, that, it could mean that's our initial outbound call or text or mail to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really not even because if we send a postcard, it's when they call us. So it's basically whenever we talk with them on the phone, call it that, right? To the time that we're able to purchase the home, on average, it's four to six months. And yeah. here's something that I would think, Gavin, it would happen over time is that as time goes on, the average is actually going to get longer. And the reason is, I mean, this is pretty basic, but the reason is, is because Every time there's an opportunity for us to add a lead into the system, we do. And then from there, we follow up with that lead until they sell that house to somebody else, but they tell us to leave them alone and to stop calling. We'll obviously respect the hell out of people that way. We don't want to spam yeah. or you know, overstep our boundaries, but we will continue to keep following up via call and text and email or whatever it may be until we're able to buy it or until they sell to somebody else or until they tell us to stop. So if you know, they haven't sold it to eat to me or to somebody else in two or three or four years goes by, you better bet your, your butt that they're going to be getting a call from us at least once a month or at least once a quarter. In some cases, we'll call a landlord and he'll say, I just leased it, call me in a year. And then guess what? We're going to call them in six or seven months. But yeah. the follow-up is everything. I mean, literally the yeah. money is in the follow-up so much so that if I do, a, uh, if I have a, you know, a decent month or a good month, however you want to look at it, and we do 10 wholesale deals, Typically, only one, if not two of those that come in that close that month were leads that came in that month. Yeah, typically nine of them. Typically yeah, nine just, of them have yeah, come in two, three, not even four, that. seven, ten months earlier. And I'll go, I'll go one better. That money's in the follow-up, but profit is in the follow-up, right? <laughs> profit is in the follow-up because you've already spent the money on the marketing. This is important. So the profit is in the follow-up because the, the, you've already spent the money to get the lead. So the more you follow up and the more you close, then your KPIs will get better. Your ratio will get better. And it's literally all profit because you didn't close them immediately, right? So there's different ways to actually run your KPIs um, on that. But again, three to four months on average for me in one of the markets and about four to six, uh, sorry, five to six months on the other. Um, and you should be following up in, because it's probably going to come up. How do you follow up? Text, calls, automation if you're using CRMs. But again, automation should be only built for uh, for cold follow-up. Anything warm, hot, it needs to be the personal. Man, I'm really happy you mentioned that because I recently took all of my leads out of my system and put them into a new system that had you know, more automated follow-up easier, right? So I'm still using both systems. Don't don't, I don't recommend you guys do this. Uh, this is kind of level 10. But I wanted like basically 6,000 leads to basically start getting automated follow-up. And what I found is, is the automated follow-up is awesome for the cold lead follow-up. But for the warm lead follow-up, it doesn't make sense to send somebody an email or a text message if you can just call them and they're willing to answer your call and you can have a conversation with them. So basically, Gavin, I cannot disagree or I should say, I cannot agree more with yeah. you on what you just said. 
I right? There's only like, you can automate it to a certain extent, and even if it's yeah, and that may and even mean that may the, even mean bringing in a human to do that. But well, exactly, the word automation is kind of like cloudy, isn't it? Automation cloudy, the right, system right. should be cold to engage back onto the phone, back onto you, back onto the warm, listed, yeah, the acquisition. That's such uh, a good point. The phone, I think a lot of right? people, and if you're new, that's not going to be as important. I mean, it, it, yeah. follow up is very important, of course. But once you start having lots and lots of leads in there, yeah, dedicate the good ones to real yeah. people calling, right. you know, or ready to text Absolutely. back if there's a thing versus it just being sent out and then you're kind of waiting around. Love it. So right, I'm gonna knock. I'm gonna. We got some questions, so we got about another five minutes. So I'm just gonna it. knock some of these out. So Let's do it. Real Estate Rod had another one uh, on this one. This one's kind of a personal one to me, so I'm gonna answer it. Uh, we're gonna be doing the the five sellers. We're gonna be advertising that, so watch out for the email, Rod. I know that you're on my channel, uh, so watch out for that next week. We're actually going in two weeks' time. We're gonna be going live, so make sure you get on it. Um, next one is here. Preference between creating rentals versus seller finances for your cherry picked deals. Do you want to go first? So what, what are you mainly doing? I guess. Is yeah. So I am actually doing mostly rentals right now, but I am in the process of doing two seller finance deals um, because I want to expand my horizons. Being a landlord is great, but you're also dealing with tenants and toilets. When you seller finance and you carry the note or wrap around your existing note, you, you know, you are able to eliminate all that. So just another approach to, 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 you know, I'm assuming you're talking about on the, on the disposition side, but maybe yeah, you're talking basically, about. Well, no, I think the question is, is yeah, I think like, so your preference, you get this under contract. What are you doing? Are you taking more rentals? Are you doing more seller finance? Are you doing more? Yeah. Flip? So right now it's, it's like, we got about 50 rentals. I got two deals that are being rehabbed that we're going to sell with seller finance. So I'm kind of moving into that space to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be new to it, but I'm going to update you as we learn every week. We're talking yeah. about that. And um, for us, for and I us, have we're doing friends. We have some friends like Mitch Steven, for example, freaking love this guy, love this guy. And he's doing all that. He doesn't even mess with anything else. He buys yeah. it and he sells it to people and he's the bank. And there's tons of money to be made in both arenas, guys. There's pros yeah. and cons to both too. So Absolutely. educate yourself on that. Yeah, for me, we do more wholesale and flips. Uh, but I've also just got someone else, a partner of mine, Dustin, that's come on. So we're going to be doing a lot more creative finance, sub twos, lease options, and, and uh, seller finance as well. So I'm excited to see how we can kind of get that ratio uh, more of a 50-50 split. Okay. Love it. Um, Love it. Real quick, next question. Uh, how many hours per day for cold calls? No, sorry. What hours of the day are best for cold calling? And does it change for SMS? Uh, I know what I do, but what about what about you, Dave? When are you? I'm, I'm curious to hear what you do. Okay, so for me, if I'm well, I'll give you. <laughs> I do ev all all day. Me too. Through someone, but that's not going to answer if you're brand new. There's two ways that you need to do it, in my opinion, if you're brand new. You need to start with four hours a day. You're going to take the nine till one shift or the three till seven shift, okay? And then what you're going to do, this is really important, is that you're going to call that list at least two times round. On the third time round, you're going to move your nine till one cold call if you can only afford one, and you're going to put them into the three till seven Stagger them. What that means is, is that then you're hitting people that work the, the day job, you might get them in the evening. 
Then I got one better. Next time you hire your second cold caller, you're going to have a nine till one and you're going to have a three till seven. And then you will rotate the list between them. So you're hitting multiple people. So that's what I would do if, I'm, if I was yeah, getting so started. I love it. So really the best time is any time. Um, yeah. It's better. I mean, any time is better than no time. That's number one. Number two, if you have the ability to stay organized and you can stagger your list, do so, right? Um, but I think narrowing it down, don't text at 5.30 in the morning or 11.30 at night, guys. Let's be real. Like, you don't want to get those texts and nobody else does. So, you know, nine to seven typically is going to be your best area. But again, four hours a day, Gavin, I love that. Start with that. You know, don't, don't try to dedicate an yeah. entire day to it because you're going to get burned out. Three to yeah. four hour shifts at a time, I think is great. My VAs work four hour shifts. And we're doing yeah. nine to six, but nine to seven is probably even better, guys. Even better. Yeah. So that's just a, a quick one on that. Right. couple more questions left. Let's go to this one. What's the you using now for automation follow-ups and leads? Uh, I've seen Dave mention a couple of different ones. Um, I'll just go real quick on this. I think people get hung up with the CRM, right? We've got, uh, you know, we use, uh, I use <laughs> Podio. We use FreedomSoft. we got REI Blackboard. REI Blackboard. Kevin was just on. Uh, I think, you know, a shout out to kind of everyone with the CRM. They all do similar things, all right, and they work in a similar way. Now, they would probably disagree with me if you get into the finer details, but the reality is for if you're starting, uh, they've all got some kind of autoresponders. Again, autoresponders for me for follow-up should only be to cold lead. Someone that's like, no, nah, I'm not really interested or wants crazy price. Then they will go on to an automation as a touch point to get them back on the phone. Um, so I don't think there's, I don't know, Dave, you might have one that you want. Yeah, wanna... so here's the deal, guys. Pros and cons, I, I, use, I use several too. But I would suggest- And not... you should only use one. Yeah, I so I would suggest that. that you don't do what we are doing by using several and pick one. So pros and cons, guys. REI Blackbook is probably the best out there. All right, it literally is, does everything. All right, um, the- it, you're going to pay for that though. You're going to, you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks a month on this service. But to me, it's worth it because you can do websites, you can do buyers list, you can do automated follow-ups. It's got a full CRM. It's got a marketing platform, a property posting platform, websites, landing pages. I mean, the list is like a mile long of all the cool stuff that they do. But again, you're going to pay for it. So if you're brand new and you can't afford that, there's other cheaper solutions that you can get you by in the meantime. You had mentioned Podio. We've been using yeah. Podio and still do for other things in our business. That's not even necessarily motivated seller leads. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, it's, it's a lot more cost effective. So pros and cons. Yeah. But Podio just says, a, just a disclaimer, uh, you have to build it all out yourself. Nothing's built. Yeah. You're starting from scratch. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't use, I wouldn't use Podio unless you're going on a platform where they build it like Beast Mode or one of them. Me too. Um, I yeah. mean, we use obviously FreedomSoft and FreedomSoft. And this is where it comes down to a, opinions. Dave's just said, REI Blackbook's the best in the market. I think freedom soft. See, I don't know. Ari, I don't know REI Blackbook though. So it's down right. to an opinion. And this right. is what you got to understand out there, guys, is that you only need one. The reason I have freedom soft and I use Podio uh, and I'm looking at other ones is because obviously from a coaching level, I want to make sure that if I have a client using it, that I can have some like interest in it and help. Yeah. And someone um, better for wholesaling versus landlording. Like think about landlording. Like you need to yeah. be able to manage leases and you need to be able to manage expenses and accounting. So like, you know, there's different, definitely different things for different people, but here's the, here's the main thing though, guys, you know, pick one and just start, right? That's the main thing. Just start, right? And 
And we're going to put this, I'm going to add this in. We're going to give a lead sheet away, right? Basically what a lead sheet is, I don't have it right now, but you can print these off and you can literally use folders like this, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, like this, you don't need your name on it, but you can have a folder that says four folders, new, uh, war hot, warm, and cold follow-up. And That's literally you have, your, your lead sheet. you have your lead sheet and then you go... And you put them in the folders. If that's what it takes to get going, to cancel all the noise out, to get a deal, then that that's going to work. That's how I started as well. Love so it. I just want to say, right? Great last question. question, and we're going to go after yes, this one. All right, is here. Um, so driving for dollars data that I collected uh, from market from one year ago. I mailed them five months last year. Five. I mailed them for five, five months, months last yep. year. So basically, should he go back and start another mail campaign uh, to that list again? So you have a driving for dollars data list. So it's a list that you collected, I'm assuming, on your own, distressed, visually distressed properties that you handpicked, added yeah. to the list. And that was a year ago. So first and foremost, don't let it take a whole year between your drives. Go drive yeah. for dollars again, man. Like keep doing that. Make that a weekly activity, maybe even a daily. I have some students that are doing three to four hours a day. I have other students that that's all they do and they pay yeah. people to drive for them and they sit yeah. in the office and work those leads. So start driving for dollars again. When it comes to mailing, I'd say four to six times is typically a good amount. You've already hit them five times. Maybe hit them one more time, right? Yeah. Can't you hurt. probably want them on maybe, a, you know, a a three-month cycle, but I'm going to leave you with one thing I want to talk about on this because I think you're going to get a lot from it. A driving for dollars list is going to be a small list, okay? You might get 100. We might be talking 50, 100, 150, 200, right? Yeah, in over a couple range. weeks, you may get it up to a few thousand, guys, but that's over okay. weeks in time, right? But, yeah. but when them, because they are so small, you need to be hitting them in all marketing channels. You should be calling them, texting them, and doing direct mail. Here's why. What you'll learn about marketing as you get into it is that there's different ways that you you uh, I don't know right the word what the right word is but you take on marketing right. For instance, if you send me a postcard, I am not going to call you. If you send me a text, I am not going to respond to you. But if you call me, I'm answering. That's just me personally. So the way that people will work, they will not respond to texts or calls, but they'll call a direct mail. So my point is, is that you could take 10 leads and test this and you could call and text and direct mail to all 10 and you will get different leads and maybe one person that would did a couple of options. Right. Right. That's how marketing works. So a small list because you can afford it because we're talking a little amount, you should be doing, um, you know, all three ways for a dark driving for dollars list, in my opinion. So I wanted to finish off with that. And Dave, no, man, I'm going to let you wrap us up. No, that's awesome, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today. This is literally episode one, Coffee with Closers Live. We love helping people answering questions, talking real estate. We have different backgrounds and different expertise, me, Gavin, and Don. So we have a really, really good panel. And, of course, who doesn't like coffee? This has been a lot of fun, guys. Thank you for watching every Wednesday morning depending on where you live 9 a.m on the pacific coast noon on the east coast 11 central here where i'm at we'll be back next week thanks for yes. watching signing off guys awesome. thanks guys bye-bye